Bible, chapter 15. 15. If you'll stand with me, we'll read the passage together. Now, Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless in the reading of the Scripture and the preaching of your Word as we close out this session, as we close out this conference. I pray, Lord, that lasting work would be accomplished. I believe, Lord, I was 15 or 16 as I sat that day and I heard the preaching all week and all day. And I heard how that one day those voices would be silenced. And God, You broke my heart. Lord, to do a work for You to give my life wholeheartedly to You. And I pray, Lord, that in this week, as You've been working in the hearts and the lives of young ladies and young men, that perhaps now in this hour, they would seal that decision to give their lives wholeheartedly to You. It will not be an easy task, for Lord, the devil will work hard to steal away their hearts and their decisions. Blessing this message. Amen. Second Samuel chapter 15, going to be reading in verse, beginning in verse number 1. This is a story I wish were not in the Bible. This is a story I wish were not true. This story greatly disturbs me. It really, it really does bother me. It is a story of Absalom, the son of David, who worked to steal the hearts of the people away from his father, David the king. It's deceitfully wrong. It's to work like that of the devil. I loved my father so much it hurts me to see anyone to hurt their parents. It bothers me to read what Absalom did to his father. My dad was my hero. I shined his shoes every Saturday night. I often put a letter or a note in his shoe after I shined his shoes to tell him that he was my hero and that I loved him. I sat on the first or second row in every service, and I greatly admired and loved to hear him preach. I have many letters that my father wrote back to me in notes in a box stored away at my house. I longed to work for him. That was my heart's goal and desire. My dad got cancer at the age of 38. He only lived 23 months after that time. I loved him. When I read of what Absalom did, it makes me angry. I just, I just wish it weren't even in the Bible. I wish the story weren't true. Here's what the book says. And it came to pass after this that Absalom prepared him chariots and horses and fifty men to run before him. And Absalom rose up early and stood beside the way of the gate. And it was so that when any man that had a controversy came to the king for judgment, then Absalom called unto him and said, Of what city art thou? And he said, Thy servant is one of the tribes of Israel. And Absalom said unto him, See, thy matters are good and right, but there is no man deputed of the king to hear thee. 
Absalom said, Moreover, O that I were made judge in the land, that every man which hath any suit or cause might come unto me, and I would do him justice. I believe that's what the current president's attitude is right there. Promises that couldn't be kept even if he wanted to, but promises that were never intended to be kept. Verse 5. And it was so that when any man came nigh to him to do him obeisance, he put forth his hand and took him and kissed him. And on this manner did Absalom to all Israel that came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. Be seated, please. I want to preach for just a few minutes on this subject. Your heart belongs to the king. Your heart belongs to the king. Absalom positioned himself in the eyes of the people to be seen of them. He prepared him chariots, and I imagine those chariots were above average of that day so that they were easily recognized when they came by. Absalom then got him 50 men that would run before him. These men would proclaim or they would announce, the great Absalom is coming. And he did all of this to get the attention of the people. Everything was sharp. Everything was shiny. Everything was a uh, what was attractive that Absalom did. David, the father did not get the throne in that manner. David did not run for office. David did not, the father did not work to impress people so that they would choose him or elect him to be the king. David was simply an obedient teenager who obeyed his father. He tended the sheep, he cared for the sheep, and the day came when God chose a king or a man to replace King Saul. He chose a man that was willing to die for sheep, and he said, if that man's willing to die for sheep, he'd make a good king for my people. David was a king because his heart was a heart that was after the heart of God. David was God's chosen king. Absalom, he made everything shiny and attractive so he could get the attention of people and he could steal the heart of the people. Absalom was jealous of the love that the people had for the father and for King David. That love that was not bought or love that was not gained in a deceitful way, but David had earned their respect. The Bible says of King David in 1 Samuel chapter 18, But all Israel and Judah loved David because he went out and came in before them. The Bible says of David that he was a servant of the people. He loved the people. It wasn't about David. It was about the people. Absalom, on the other hand, it was all about him receiving honor and glory and recognition and praise from the people. The people loved David because he had served with them and had served them with all of his heart. 
The Bible says of, uh, of David in Second Samuel chapter 23, and David was then in an hold. Uh, there was a war going on, and the garrison of the Philistines was then in Bethlehem. And David longed and said, Oh, that one would give me a drink of water of the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. Then the Bible says this, And three mighty men break through the host of the Philistines. Imagine that. They broke through the host of the Philistines. They drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and took it and brought it to David. That's how much they loved David. They were willing to risk their lives just so their king that they loved could have a drink of water. David recognized that love. He recognized that respect that they had for him. And when he got it, David couldn't drink it because of the fact. And, and he, he didn't feel worthy. And he, he was just so amazed at the love and the respect that the people had for him. David had fought with the soldiers. David was a soldier. 1 Samuel 23, the Bible says, And so David and his men went to Keilah and fought with the Philistines and brought away their cattle and smote them with a great slaughter. So David saved the inhabitants of Keilah. David was a real hero. David was not an American idol. David was an, America, was an Israeli hero. There's a great big difference. Because somebody can sing or somebody can dance or somebody can be worldly or carnal or sinful and display all of that, that's no reason to follow them. We've gotten to the place today, rather than following men who are servants and men who are strong and men who are right, we'd rather follow someone that's flashy and somebody that is just impressive. We don't need idols, we need heroes. The heart belonged to the king. Now may I say this morning that Jesus is my King. And Jesus has earned my heart. My heart belongs to the King. The Apostle Paul said, The love of Christ constraineth me because of what Christ has done for me. I want to give my life. I want to live and die for the cause of Christ. And Paul, in and out of prisons and jails and beatings and cursings and whippings, he kept on going. Why? He said, Because my heart belongs to the King. I love my Savior who gave Himself for me. The Bible says that the goodness of God leadeth us to repentance. Take your Bibles and go with me, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And notice what the Bible says here in this passage of Scripture about who our hearts and who our lives and who our bodies belong to. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul asked the church of Corinth a question. And it's almost a question of surprise as they knew exactly how and why they were saved. They knew what it took for them to be born again. But he wrote him a question that was almost a surprise. And he said, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own? Paul said to the church at Corinth, Didn't you know that? One of the most wicked philosophies of America today is that your body belongs to you and you have a, a rights and you have a women's rights. Hey, I want to tell you something. I, my body doesn't belong to me. 
Uh, it was purchased on the cross of Calvary. I was headed for a devil's hell. I was headed to a, an eternity without Christ. But God gave His only begotten Son. And when I put my faith and trust in Him, He saved me and I became a child of the King. I don't belong to me, I belong to Him. Verse number 20, For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. Glorify God in your body. You say, well, I just think too much emphasis is put on the outside. You go to a restaurant, do you want clean utensils or dirty? Or is it just the food that matters? You pick up a glass to drink a glass of water or milk or whatever it may be, and you want a clean glass or a dirt? Don't give me that. It doesn't matter what's on the outside. It matters what's on the outside. It also matters what's on the inside. Now, I'm not taking away from that. It matters what's on the inside. But my body belongs to Him. I ought to glorify God. Now, that takes action to glorify. You don't glorify by existing. You glorify by activity. Glorify God in your body. Then he said glorify God and in your spirit. What is that? That's my attitude. That's the, that, that's, that's the being of my, of my body. That's my, uh, that's my attitude toward God. That's my, uh, that's my, uh, uh, actions that show whether I'm enjoying what I'm doing or not. Uh, my spirit and body belong to God. He said, which are God's. I want to say today, my heart belongs to the King. Your heart belongs to the king. David had worked. David had earned. David had served. David had loved the people. And the heart of the people belonged to King David. Absalom then worked hard to convince the people that the temporal or the present was more important than the long-lasting or the fixed. And Absalom offered them something for their immediate pleasure, something for uh, their immediate gain. And he caused them to forget what the king had done uh, to help them to enjoy freedom from the Philistines and all the other of the enemy that tried to destroy Israel. And Absalom comes and he said, well, what's your problem? Well, he said, you're right. You're exactly right. If you just had somebody that cared about you and uh, somebody that would counsel you, somebody that could help you, isn't it a shame how so often the devil is after the heart and, and young people listen to somebody at the fast food restaurant and ignore the man of God that gave his uh, time and his life to start a church and win them to Christ and they listen to somebody at the fast food. Well, I'll tell you what I'd do if I was you. I'd go to U.K., you make a whole lot more money if you get a degree. And we, we began to listen to those on the outside rather than those where our heart ought to belong to. Satan is going to work to steal away your hearts when you leave this conference and there's going to be some to say, well, those were just emotional decisions. When I got married, it was emotional. That doesn't mean it don't count. I sort of got excited to get to kiss her. I sort of got excited to put that ring on her finger and let her take my arm and walk by her mommy and daddy and say, uh-huh, I got her. 
That's sort of emotional. Sort of emotional when we got in the car and nobody got in the car with us. Just me and her. That's sort of exciting. You say, well, that counts. Well, you go to, well, that was just, that was just all emotion. You go away and the, the work of the devil begins is Absalom. He'll be sitting at the gate when you go to your town. He'll be sitting at the, at the gate when you go back to your youth department and some little two by squirt will say, how was the conference? Bet I know what they preached on. Bet they preached against rock music and tattoos and, and emo and I know what they did. That's what they do at all them conferences. He's going to be standing at the gate. Absalom's going to be standing right there. Hey, your heart belongs to the king. The king fought for you. The king was willing to die for you. The king gave you the freedom that you have. Don't you give your heart to Absalom. You're going to go back to work and somebody's going to say, you haven't been to work this week. Where have you been? We went to a conference with our youth department. Where'd you go? We went to Lexington. Oh, you mean that fundamental church. That right wing bunch. I've heard about them. You're not one of them, are you? Surely you're not one of them. Let me ask you a question. What have they ever done for you? What, 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 what have they ever done for you? Your heart don't belong to them. Your heart belongs to the king. You're going to go back and the old radio's going to come on or the old iPod that you left at home that you didn't bring. And old Absalom's going to go to work to take your heart. King David had served these people. He was chosen of God. Let me tell you something. Jesus came to this world. It was the choice of the Father. It was the choice of the Father that Jesus came and died on the cross to pay for our sin and to give us eternal life. David led Israel in the paths of righteousness. Oh, he wasn't perfect, but he strove to do right by the people. He protected them from the enemies. He taught them how to sing and how to praise God. David walked with God for them on their behalf. David helped them to enjoy life for the, for the long run. And along comes Absalom with his lies and deceit, his fancy chariot and his fancy horses and his fifty men Hey, uh, that he had to hire to sing his praises. Don't let Absalom have your heart. May I remind you what happened to Absalom? Absalom was good-looking. He was proud of his long, rebellious hair. But in 2 Samuel 18, 9, And Absalom met the servants of David, and Absalom rode upon a mule, and the mule went under the thick boughs of a great oak, and his head caught hold of the oak, and he was taken up between the heaven and the earth, and the mule that was under him went away. Absalom failed... And those who follow Absalom failed. Better be careful who you follow. 
Absalom is dead now and David's still the king. You ought to make a decision today. Not only am I going to make a decision for here, I'm going to prepare for battle when I leave here. Because you can guarantee it's coming. I don't know how many times I've gone to conferences through the year, through the years, even as a young pastor, and I would go to a conference and I would get good ideas and I'd be excited and I'd come back and I'd say, Hey, I, I, I want to have a meeting with you five fellows. I want to tell you something. Listen, listen, I, I, here's an idea I got. I think it'll work. One fellow says, I don't have a gun authority. Another fellow says, didn't we try that one time and it didn't work? Preacher, I think it's a good idea. I wouldn't be able to help you. I'm busy, but I, I think it's a good idea. Huh? You been there? And oftentimes we go away defeated. Hey, wait a minute. My heart belongs to the king. I, I, I'm not going to let folks take my heart. I, I, I'm telling you, I'm not going to let folks take my heart, whether they be the enemy or whether they be a supposed friend. I'm not going to let them take my heart. My heart belongs to the King. The King earned my heart. The King paid for my heart. My loyalty belongs to the King. Let me give you three or four statements and I'm going to finish. First of all, God deserves to keep my heart the Bible says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, just like Absalom, passeth away. The chariots thereof, the horse thereof, the fifty men thereof, they all pass away. He that doeth the will of God abideth forever. You say your heart belongs to God. Don't let somebody take your heart away. Let me say second of all, those of you who are blessed to have parents that encourage you to do right, and godly parents especially, you make sure that you keep your heart connected to your parents. It was a difficult day as a 21-year-old young man to sit on the front pew of the church with my, with my dad's body laying in the casket, my two younger brothers and my mother, a widow at the age of 39, it's a difficult thing to say goodbye. Every year I go to his grave with my children and my brothers and mom and their families. We'll sing songs about heaven and we'll thank God for the good memories. I'm going to tell you, it was a tough day to walk away from the casket. Hundreds of people came to the funeral. So many folks came, they couldn't get into the building for the funeral service, and they passed by for a long time. After everyone had gone, the casket was wheeled from the front of the auditorium to the back. My hero that I had looked forward to working for for so many years, was gone. We'd talked and dreamed and planned together. I knelt at his casket in the back, and I could say, 
Not one time did I ever speak back to that man. Not one time. I was never rebellious against my father. Hey, it's not worth it. I don't belong to that man. That man taken me all over this country to conferences, and he had taken me all over the country to play basketball and to have fun. I mean, my dad and my mom, everything that I had, they provided for me. Why in the world would I let an apple of the world steal my heart from my mom and dad that loved me? You get right with God by having parents and you can't they've got a bad attitude and they're wrong. Hell will take a lot of God. You'll be amazed at how much more your parents will appear. Let's make a take you from the moment now. Hearts and pearls don't take the heart away and pearls will be stupid for them. Don't let some man it happened again and again. Young lady comes to place so much potential in the life that she's able to serve and do for God and so fill up the church and want the attention you can tell his heart is not there. He was happy that girl and up into that they are broken hearted because of that stuff that still my heart of that.